Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best leaders to share their scaling up journey with you. And I'm super happy today because we are launching a special edition with inspirational women leaders. I am Mary Menezes, your host, and today our guest is Esther Liska, founder and CEO of Glow Woman Club. Esther, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Okay, so let's start. Let us know more about yourself and your scaling up journey. Um, well, it uh, all started um, a few years ago. Um, first, I have to say that I, um, I started early because I was born in, in Venezuela. And then um, I moved from Venezuela when I was uh, 21 years old. I moved to England. Uh, that was the first time I emigrated. Um, and then I lived in England for six years. Uh, and move, decided to move to Portugal after those six years. So it was the second time I have to start all over again. So all these moving uh, to different countries and start uh, everything from zero um, was big things, big uh, mark points in my life. And all of them were guiding me to what I do nowadays. Um, I should say that everything that I do today is a um, result of all these experiences that I have during those years, especially because um, I'm a daughter of two immigrant families. My mom's side is from Hungary and, the, and my dad's side is from Portugal. Uh, both families immigrated during the 40s and the 50s. And I was born in Venezuela and then I immigrated myself. So I think this search <laughs> of finding my own path, um, it was there since my childhood. Um, and if you want to ask me, uh, how did I end up working as a coach and a mentor and founding the Global Club, which is an organization to promote more women leadership, um, is because all this journey was to find my, my purpose, especially because um, when I was having, when I had to decide what to study, I was, I have a dilemma be, between going to international relations and psychology. I end up studying international relationships. And then today, if you ask me, I think I do both of the two things because what I like the most in each of these careers was that psychology is there to understand ourselves, how we work, how our mind works, our um, three dimensions that which I can talk to you more about that a little bit later. And I was curious about how can we develop our potential. And on the other side, I, what I loved about international relations was to learn about other countries, to connect between different people. And actually, I do that through my organization because we connect with other organizations around the world. It's an international platform, so I get to meet uh, people from different cultures. Um, and that's my fuel. And that's why it really gives me energy to, to go on. Wow, wow. And during that journey as a woman entrepreneur, um, what has been the most significant barrier during that journey as a, a woman, female? No, I want to say that, Mary. And, and if I had the opportunity to, to say this through your program, um, I would give a message to, to women. Um, 
Yes, please. Because we, we tend to see that the barriers are outside us, and they're not. They're always inside us. I, that was my biggest um, finding. Um, there was always our barriers, and actually today one of my programs, uh, it's about which is called Build with Confidence, is about overcoming the seven uh, principal barriers that I found in mostly uh, repetitive uh, in, in women entrepreneur. I have asked all of them. I have lived all of them <laughs> um, because I, I, I went through them and I overcame, overcame them, I decided to create a program, which is a program on seven steps, uh, and each step is about one which barrier. Um, and it's also in my book, uh, Glow with Confidence. And, and I always talk about that because first, and, and I can share them with you, the first barrier is lack of confidence that affects mm. most women. Actually, there is a study in a university in the, state, in the United States that says that young girls between the primary and secondary uh, age, they lost three times and a half more self-esteem than boys. If you ask, for instance, um, an nine-year-old boy what you're good at, and they say very confident, oh, I'm good at math, I'm good at English, or I'm good at football, or whatever. If you ask that, the same question, a young girl, the tendency is to for her to reply, oh, I'm a good friend, I'm loyal, which I'm not saying there are uh, not good qualities, but the reference that young girls have is in relation to the other one. Not She cannot see the qualities in herself. It's like it's, it's, like it's invisible. Or she cannot see it that, that clear as it is as a boy. And um, since I found that study, I was curious about what can I do to do that because I passed all those sufferings when I was a teenager and uh, I staggering when I was uh, speaking in public. I wouldn't dare to raise my hand in the school uh, because I was afraid and I, you know, all these things, um, we bring them from young age. And we take them to the workplace. Actually, there is uh, something that I work with. We have to be careful with the words that we say to young girls because when we say, be a good girl, uh, that is interpreted by the girl as I have to be nice, I have to um, agree with everything, um, and not always is like that. And we, as adults, women, we translate that into a good wife, a good professional, and that doesn't mean that we are excellent in what we do. It's like we sometimes we uh, we don't express what we are ourselves. Actually, my my lemma, my slogan is "Be you, be authentic," uh, because we think inside that we have to please everyone and we have to avoid conflict and we have to, you know, you say yes all the time. This is another thing that for women is, uh, we have a lot of difficulty to say no. And then that's why we end up overloaded with work because we cannot say no to the things that we need to say no. <laughs> so there is a lot of things. Um, other barriers are like, um, and then we tend now to avoid exposure. So we don't want to have visibility. So we work in our companies and, you know, we work in the shallow. No one knows how, 
how much contribution we give to the company. And if you are an entrepreneur, then it's very difficult for you to sell your own products. And actually, I, I tend to hear that a lot from young entrepreneurs. They say that, uh, especially the women that work for other companies before they launch their own company, they say, oh, when I was working for other of people, other companies, it was easy for me to sell their products. But now that I work for myself, it's difficult to portray them, to show them. It's like they, they cannot take accountability for that. And that's something that I always am saying in all the, the, the opportunities that I have to, to speak to, to young women. Uh, and even not that young, because <laughs> sometimes we look at that later. Uh, as soon as we start and take, um, become aware of that, it's, it's easy for us to start all the changes. And you also, uh, you are a mentor and coach and yes. you give that tools to the, to the woman, right? Yes, actually it's uh, been raising so much that oh, I, this month I'm launching uh, a program for um, group mentoring because I, I realized that to reach more women, um, it could be more difficult for me to, to be one-on-one. -on -one. And so I want to create a mentorship program, uh, which is 90-minute uh, coaching and mentoring with me here, like a platform um, that we're using now online. And we can meet once per month and we have community inside the platform so we can talk, we can put our uh, fears, our challenges. We also can put our conquers because we celebrate as well, which is something that they are, we are not taught to do that. Uh, because the, when we celebrate, uh, when we conquer something, then as the young girl says, ah, don't do that because that's selfish or it's seen as you are bragging yourself. And as not bragging, that recognizing the value and the achievements that you have done. Because mm -hmm. maybe if a boy does that, he's doing well because he's recognizing. But if a girl does it, oh, that doesn't look that nice. So we have to take all these stereotypes away from and bias from, from our point of view and start seeing young boys and girls like you have the same opportunity to do whatever they want to do. Wow, and um, you believe that only integration our masculine and feminine natures relating with, uh, with that barriers and uh, how to overcome, um, we become whole leaders. What do you mean by this, whole leaders? Yeah. Um, I'm also very keen on working on conscious leadership um, mm -hmm. and one of the main principles about consciousness um, and applied to leadership is to embrace all our inner power and what's that? <laughs> our inner power and all humans um, are, there is the forces of nature as well, everything in the, in the universe has a duality like in the, for the Chinese it's yin and yang. Um, for the Hinduism is Shiva and Shakti um, and within us we have the two energies as well so when we talk about our when I talk about the uh, feminine energy is when our, we are manifesting for instance um, our sense of nurturing our sense of caring our sense of inclusion 
And then if we're talking about more masculine energy, we're talking about focus, assertiveness, um, order, discipline. But what happens is that when we tend to move unbalanced of these energies, we, if we are in the unbalanced part of the energy, of the feminine energy, we tend to be extremely uh, emotional with mm -hmm. lack of self-esteem, very fragile. This is the unbalanced feminine energy. The unbalanced masculine energy is when we become aggressive, uh, authoritarian, very dominant. So if we both, men and women, have these uh, energies within them, I see, for instance, women that uh, tend to become more masculine, like talking harder or being not herself, because if you're being yourself and that's naturally you, that's okay. But a lot of women that I mentor and they are in top positions in multinationals and they have a lot of responsibility, some of them, because they are surrounded by a masculine board, they tend to become more masculine to fit in. And I, and I wonder what if all women, wherever place we are, we be ourselves. Because sometimes the energy that is needed in that company is your energy. You don't need to, you say, block yourself uh, to try to fit into someone. Because whenever we do that, we are not being true to ourselves. And that's when we start or getting ill or getting tired or have a burnout or, you know, a disease come or a depression come. And, um, those are signs that we are not being in congruence and in authenticity with ourselves. I don't know if I explain myself, Mary. Yes, 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 that's perfect. And um, re re relating with that about the balance, um, in your profile you have leadership in business, not about only about business, it's about life. Mm -hmm. How do you balance your work and life? Yes. Um, that's a very important, very important topic that I usually um, talk about in my Women's Executive Leadership Program. This is a three-day immersion program. And that's always, Mary, the, the main question for women in top positions with, or within leading roles. How do you balance? And the answer is, you don't need to balance. <laughs> 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 because, and that's why when I said that your life is it's not about business, it's about life, it's like your life is your business, okay? Since the moment you wake up and, you know, go out to the kitchen, have a cup of coffee, you're in business, okay? Even, even if you work for another company, that's your business as well, because you, our life is our business as well. So the moment we start separating and trying to think, it's like, imagine that you have someone pulling uh, your right arm and the, an, another person is pulling your left arm. If that's work and the other represents the family or personal side, they are pulling two different sides. What are you in the middle feeling? It's like, you know, where to go? Okay, but if you embrace everything and you see like you don't have to separate yourself from anything, then you start seeing 
in innovative ways, and that's why we work around that, how to change the point of view and start doing things in a different. And I give you an example to, to, to see it very clearly. When the first thing that you have to, to, to do is to have a clear vision um, of your values. Why? Because our values um, are the, the, what guide us. So everything that we, all the choices and, and the things that we do are based on what is important and valued for us. For instance, if um, family for me is important, and I give you an example, um, the best idea that I have I have got for my peer groups in my in the Global Woman Club. I have it one day that I was at the um, swimming pool combing uh, the hair of my daughter because I took her to her swimming lessons. And I was, you know, so relaxed and so present with her and, you know, combing her hair. And it was such a relaxing moment for me. And then I think that my mind was so relaxed that then an idea came. And I was like, wow, that's it. So I'm going to apply that. There was something that I was looking for. But, you know, I was so in that moment with the flow, with the, you know, the energy and present with her. And I, it doesn't mean that I have to separate myself because I was with my daughter who was personal, what you call personal time. And it, it, it's not like I, not, I was not fully present with her because I was. But then the idea came. And that's my work side, so I don't need to divide myself because I was working as well at the same time I was with my daughter. Sometimes I, if I need to travel for the conference, I try to do the holidays with my family and I do two in one, like we travel with the family but I'm also working. So we tend, then when we realize that and you change your point of view about that, then you find innovative ways to organize everything so everything fits into your own values. And a lot of women, and that, Mary, I'll share with you because it's something that it comes up all the time in the workshops and in the trainings. They, they, the problem is that the amount of, or the percentage that they put into the importance of things in, in her life are not in congruence with the amount or percentage of time of the activities that she does during the day relating to what's important to her. So there, there is where it lies, underlies the barrier. It's because we are not being congruent with our own selves. So uh, it's, once you take uh, conscience about everything that you're doing during the day and you put yourself out there and you see how much time are you giving to things that are really important for you, then you realize that you have to do some changes. And I have through I have gone through that and I have my two babies because I have I got pregnant of my second baby when the first one was six months old. Wow. <laughs> I was launching Glow Woman Club, like low lunch, and I wanted to work for another company at the same time, part-time. I wanted to do it all. And that's a very characteristic um, thing about us women entrepreneurs. I want to do everything. And I have to learn that sometimes we have to um, see the things in a different uh, scope, with a different glass, let's say. Wow, I love that vision together and not divide. It's 
it's uh, a super you know, it's amazing the um, the more I, de- I work on conscious leadership the more I realize that most of humans you know this is not only for women we live in separation not in communion of everything we are in communion communion with everything um, even if it's you see it from an energetic point of view and when you see yourself in separation, even for women, when uh, the relationship with her body is another thing that I work, it's like we see like our body is, you know, an enemy sometimes. Um, we are not working uh, in communion. So it's, it, I think it's time for us to realize that, to start uh, working and acting and choosing in a different way. Mm-hmm. Not in separation, singing communion. And about the power of the peers, because you have this group of amazing women together, how it works? Yeah, we have the peer groups, which is part of the Global Club. At the moment, we have them only running in Porto because we started here in Porto. But then we have a program, an international program for women that would like to represent Global Women Club in their cities. We have a program of training. So if you want to create a peer group, a peer group basically is a group of up to 12, 15 women that gather at least one morning per month. Uh, from nine o'clock until 12.30. And it's like, we are like a boarding, (laughs) (laughs) a boarding group. uh, It's like uh, you have um, other women um, that are entrepreneurs as well, and they support us in our challenges, in our conquers as well. Um, And during that morning, that morning is to do all the work that we need to do for ourselves. It's like sometimes people go there for one morning and they say that it was so productive to be there that it works like, you know, it's like a one week work <laughs> because first you have your energy replenished because you share with others, you are learning. Then you have your support uh, group. It's like if you have an objective, you put it in there and you have, you know, they are there and they are going to ask you how it's going. And a lot of women that starting their project said that they just when they this went through that part that they were going to give up because we were there. She said at the end, I didn't give up because of you. And I was like, <laughs> but you know, it's that kind of support is like, uh, we're there for you. And there is no judgment there, even self-judgment, which is the worst. <laughs> Um, and it's a safe group in which you can put your things there, either personal or professional. It doesn't have to be only one of both. And then we train uh, skills as well, because every month we bring someone from the outside to train um, a skill either in leadership or self-development or even in technology. We are always learning as well. And because I saw that this was working so well, I decided to create this mentoring group uh, online. So if um, someone that is listening to this this show and want to to participate as well, uh, can contact us because we are starting up this online as well. Okay, great. 
And um, I am also curious uh, and would love to share with our community what are the habits of inspirational women leaders. So um, how is your morning routine? <laughs> that was one of the videos that um, I showed recently in the, uh, when I started the, the year. And I shared it because a lot of people ask me, how do I do to keep up my energy levels? <laughs> well, I'm going to start uh, sharing this. And it's, it's very simple. First is to be aligned with your purpose and to feel that you're working for something that makes sense um, to you, your why, as you would say. But um, to be more practical, uh, I don't uh, wake up my morning routine um, I don't go to straight to the mobile phone, which is something that most of humans does. <laughs> and I have to confess that I, I was there was a time that I used to do that, and since I changed that routine, a lot of things started to change as well. And explain you why it's because when we wake up, the, fair, the first thing that we have to do is to align with ourselves. And what I mean by that is I do always something related to my body to start moving my energy. Uh, it could be some yoga exercises, even if it's only a stretch, if I don't have time. Um, I do, I go to the gym twice uh, per week in the morning, very early, I go very early because I put my, you know, the energy to flow in my body. And then, because we are not only body, we have a mind as well and spirit. Uh, I train the spirit on my mind as well with um, some tools that I have from Access Consciousness, uh, which are uh, clearing statements. It's some there are some phrases uh, and commandments that and questions that we say, so uh, it dissipates the energy that is blocked in these things that are that I work with, okay? So I, I don't, I never go to the computer or I never go to do things if I don't put my body and my mind together to work together. And that's again, uh, the concept of not living in separation, but in, in communion. Um, once you have your body and your mind uh, aligned, then you become more productive because when you start working, you have a fresh, mind with fresh ideas and you have clarity which is something that we don't have usually because we are unclogged <laughs> with uh, instagrams and facebooks and everything and i'm not saying that we are not going to use them because i use them um, but we have to be conscious about how we use social media if uh, every time mary that someone takes the phone like randomly in the morning and start scrolling up, just seeing other things from other people, then you put your mind and your uh, energetically, you put it in, you put yourself in a place of lack because you start seeing what others are doing and you start the self-judgment about, oh my God, I'm, I'm here, I'm not doing anything. And look at the other one and look what she's doing and look what he's doing. And all this self-talk, it only brings you down. So I'm asking for everyone that is listening to this, please be conscious about, uh, be aware of everything that you do with your body and all the things that you put into your eyes and you expose yourself to listen as well. 
I would say that uh, we have to be very, uh, how do you say, uh, demanding in the sense of what is it that you expose your mind to hear and to see? What kind of things you're exposing yourself to be influenced by? So what are the news that you're seeing? What are the articles you're reading? What are the videos you're watching? See, everything has an influence on us. So check, what are you listening to? What are you watching? <laughs> yes, for sure. And also you have an interesting way of organizing the weeks, uh, I remember. Yes, uh, in, in any business, it would be very different. I organize my, it's the year, it's the way I plan my year. It's like if the year has only three months. <laughs> <laughs> That comes from a study uh, afterwards, if uh, someone wants to watch my this video in my YouTube channel can watch um, the video, um, but it's about... Um, What is the name of the video? Um, planning your year with intention. Planning your year with intention. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to put the legends. Yes, you can put the subtitles. <laughs> Basically, it's um, um, a methodology that I took from a, a book that I read that uh, it says that the, there was a study that says that the last three months of the year were the most productive in most, most of the companies in the world. And they started to study why that happened. And what they did is like in three months, because they felt that the year was finishing, you have enough urgency sense to start to do things so you don't procrastinate. And um, other in, among other things, uh, the main important uh, topic that we can take from that is that if you divided your year in periods of three months, you set up goals for these three months, and then you set up um, goals for every month, and then tasks for every week. So you keep track of everything, and you accomplish more in three months than in a whole year. Why? Because three months is uh, enough short to have something done. Because if you say that you have a whole year, you feel like, you know, it's so far away. <laughs> yes. Distractions. And distractions are exactly our worst enemy for productivity because then we, we allow them to do that, distract us. And they push us uh, away from what is important. And then you have to see what is exactly what makes you is i apply the Pareto rule is like what is the 20% of your business that really gives you the 80% of your revenues and focus on that because we want we tend to and especially women we tend to embrace everything and then we have a, a huge difficulty to say no to an invitation to go here or to say this or to be present in this place You know, and you have to be, you have to know where do you have to be. You have to know what are your tasks for the week, your tasks, your objectives and goals for the month. And if everything, if you have, if you have an invitation or something to do, to do whatever it is that it wasn't in your schedule or in your agenda, ask the question, would that contribute to my goals of this week or this month? Because sometimes we go to places and we go to do things that has nothing to do with uh, what we want to accomplish. And then we complain that we didn't accomplish what we wanted to achieve. 
So it's a question of choice again. <laughs> okay, so great to talk to you. So let's wrap up with our favorite questions. That what advice would you give to your younger self, Stern, if you were starting today? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is something that my mom always used to, to, talk, to tell me, and I, I realized that why she, she used to say that now that I'm in, the, in my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I would say to myself, which is uh, trust in the process, trust the, in the universe as well, because sometimes I got extremely anxious and extremely, I even suffered physically because I was very anxious every time that I was going to launch something or have a presentation or have a training to do. Um, maybe people doesn't, didn't notice it, but the amount of stress that I put into myself, it was nowadays, I consider it wasn't worth it because I couldn't have trust uh, myself and the universe because always the universe have something else bigger and greater than what we can even imagine. There is a, if you allow me to share this, Mary, there is a phrase that I once heard from Deepak Chopra. Uh, he said that, he, he used a metaphor, which is very useful to explain this, which is when a baby is breastfeeding from, a bre from the breast of the mother and the mother takes out, uh, out of the breast he cries. He cries because he wanted more. But what he doesn't know, and he's crying, is what the mother is, is moving it, moving him to the other breast, which has more milk and, you know, more food and nutrients for him. Sometimes we, we cry because we lost something or because we don't see the results in our project. But we are working and if we are still working and we are still focused and giving the energy to what we are um, uh, working, the universe is showing us somewhere, sometime. The thing is that the time of the universe is not the same of <laughs> and most of, uh, most of the entrepreneurs give up before the time. So I leave that not only for literature, but for any other entrepreneur who maybe are not seeing the results he expects to see or she expects to see, but is there. If we keep going and if we keep um, working, it will show up. Maybe in a different way, but it always happens. Trust the universe. Wow, what an amazing end. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Esther, for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you for having me and congratulations for your work, Mary, because um, I got to meet you very recently, but I know your background with Miguel and all his work and all, all the things that you're doing are wonderful and it's a great uh, legacy for everyone. So congratulations for all your projects. Thank you. It's the power of the peers. If we have, if we are surrounded of the best peers, we go. <laughs> and thank you to our community for being on that side. We keep bringing the best of the best. See you soon and keep scaling. <laughs>